garden walls get higher as TikTok and Amazon poised to pounce on ad dollar allocation while uncertainty looms. An update on the fast-changing advertising economy and some tactical tips to keep you in the driver's seat through it. All of this on today's tear sheet for June 21st, 2022. On Monday this week, TikTok hosted its first ever company event, the 2022 Can Lions International International Festival of Creativity. At the event, held annually on the resort town in the French Riviera, and considered one of the premier award shows for the advertising industry, executives from TikTok discussed several topics, including adding shopping functionality, safety challenges, the impact of iOS 14 privacy settings, and the creator economy. Blake Chanley, TikTok's president of Global Operations Solutions, revealed the platform currently has hundreds of thousands of advertisers but is aiming for millions. It plans to achieve this by adding new tools to the platform and implementing a program developed in-house that will report on the quality of ads. The, the platform is also taking steps to address quality controls and brand safety issues, which has caused some advertisers to be wary of TikTok in the past. Francis Stones, TikTok's head of European brand safety, said the platform's review process now includes more than just images. It also checks sounds, text, and emojis to ensure brands aren't inadvertently associated with something problematic. TikTok is currently in the process of globally expanding its live shopping functionality, according to Sofia Hernandez, global head of business marketing. TikTok believes that these changes should open new opportunities for digital marketers by allowing them to target an audience more accurately as brands and content creators will be able to enhance their exposure with reduced concern about negative associations. While, meanwhile, Amazon launches their $30 billion piece of the ad pie in a far from subtle way. So while companies like Meta, Spotify, and Dentsu have set up their stalls beachside at Cannes, Amazon has chosen a port for its debut at the festival. Seriously, a port, like for ships, ocean liners, an entire port. The Amazon port is 27,000 square feet of space. That includes multiple indoor and outdoor stages. They have several sessions and concerts being held at the port during the festival week. Amazon ads brought in $31.2 billion in revenue for the retail and web services giant in 2021 and shows no signs of slowing down in the fight for its share of the ad wallet. And while these two platforms rake in droves of new money and continue to expand their reach into the marketing mix, uncertainty continues to build within the consumer markets. So while platforms like Facebook and Instagram start to fade as marketer fan favorites, how will out of home effectively capture its, its fair share? Well, that's to be determined. These mega ad platforms are unified around a core company vision. It becomes really apparent that the lack of unification for our industry could be very prohibitive uh, in the interim and uh, very long-term future. Suppose only time will tell if an industry trade body or a tech platform will be able to bridge the gap. In the meantime, my pro tip is to look for collaboration. It might seem native to fight other media companies uh, within our space for their advertisers in a perpetual race to the bottom. Hopefully you're seeing that the opportunity to fight for digital dollars is way more interesting I mean, for Amazon's ad platform is more than $30 billion a year already, and they've been around for less than a decade. Outdoor in America started in 1850 in Boston by John Donnelly and Sons. We've been around for 172 years, and we have yet to crack $10 billion. So there's some food for thought. If you're going to pick a fight, 
pick a fight worth winning. As for me, the one with more zeros and commas is the fight that I'll be fighting. Modernretailer.com is reporting that the home goods boom has started to slow. Big box stores like Target and specialty furniture retailers say they're already experiencing sales changes as the economy shifts significantly compared to just a year ago. In response, some retailers are shifting their focus from work from home staples like desks and chairs toward functional goods like linens and accessories. Others are offering lucrative sales and bundles for price-conscious consumers. Sunday's an online furniture retailer that launched a few months before the pandemic lockdown started, initially saw strong sales with multifunctional pieces like consoles, beds, dining room tables, and desks. But recently, the company has seen more demand to deck out spaces where people can gather, said Noah Morse, Sunday's co-founder and director of product development. That means items like modular sectional sofas. While home renovation helped bolster furniture sales during the pandemic, some data points indicate that home improvement projects seem to be waning in popularity. PlaceIQ, part of the data intelligence firm, precisely used anonymized mobile data and credit card purchases to examine where consumers were spending money in April compared to a year prior. Data showed that visits to home improvement stores dropped by 12% compared to the same month in 2021, and spend was down 25%. For furniture and decor retailers, visits down 2%, with spend down 27%. Now, on the exact opposite side of the coin are categories that are surging, but for equally concerning reasons, false positive that's contributing to very mixed signals that are being put into the market. That is how supply chain shortages and even just rumors of shortages are driving increased demand for essentials that folks are concerned may become scarce in supply. Major conglomerates that hold the majority of the feminine care market are facing supply chain issues. However, the reasoning behind the lack of product on retail shelves has been vague. It's unclear what the exact cause is, and not all conglomerates are experiencing a shortage. However, rising costs of raw materials like cotton and rayon, overwhelmed manufacturers, and logistics delays could all be a, a culprit. Because of all that, some direct-to-consumer brands are profiting. It's difficult to predict when manufacturing and fulfillment bottlenecks will clear up for CPG giants like Procter & Gamble, but a number of D2C brands told Modern Retail they've had week-over-week -week sales spikes in the past couple of months, coinciding with headlines of tampon and feminine pad shortages. So while these st startups are benefiting in the short term for from customers seeking out alternatives, they aren't completely immune to the supply chain shortages. Lola CMO has stated that they are seeing a material uptick in demand after the Time article was published and unleashed the news cycle about the shortage, particularly in our direct con consumer business on mylola.com and on Amazon. Both continue to hit record high days of revenue and have increased three to five X week over week. Furthermore, the company's marketing strategy shifted overnight to ensure that our customers know that they can rely on Lola to have the period products. A few examples included a homepage banner reading tampon shortage, not for Lola subscribers, along with an Instagram story promoting in-stock inventory on the brand's website. So what does it all mean? It means that up is down, left is right, and that most of what business school taught you is out the window right now. So how do you capitalize and how should you be advising brands? Messaging matters. Maybe in times like now more than ever, you cannot afford to be tone deaf. People are concerned. People are worried. Be the anchor. Be the stability. Being able to pivot your message to that of availability to reassure your customers their needs will be met 
or being able to quantify the value you provide in terms of money or time saved can be very tangible messages that answer the questions we're all asking right now. What am I supposed to do? And bringing it on home, this one has been driving me absolutely nuts. I'm going to read two different headlines about the same report. I'm going to tell you what they're actually both saying. Ready for this? First, the headline I see everyone sharing everywhere. From Forbes, despite economic headwinds, agencies forecast a strong ad market for the second half in the year. In the piece, Forbes references the group report from Zenith, Magna, and Group M. This was their mid-year update, and there are a ton of numbers in it. But what I want to draw your attention to is this part and what we referenced this in, uh, in a daily show, I think, last week. From Forbes, in Group M's updated forecast, the agency expects ad revenue in the U.S. to increase year-over-year by 9.3%. This is a slight decline from December's forecast of 9.8%, including political dollars, which uh, is projected to be $343 billion, a growth year-over-year of 12.8%, the U.S. representing 39% of the global ad spend. Okay, a few important takeaways to call out right away. They revised their guidance from growth of 9.8% to 9.3%. On the surface, that sounds ins insignificant, only 50 basis points. On a relative basis, that's a 5% reduction overall. It's like saying I'm going to give you $100, but then coming back and saying uh, I'm only going to give you $95. It is absolutely less money than the $100 I initially promised you. And the question you should be asking is why? Baked into that is another misleading figure, and that's the bit about political advertising. Political ad spend being up during a midterm election year shouldn't actually surprise anyone. When there are major elections, there is major political ad spend. When there aren't major elections, there isn't major political ad spend. It's actually almost laughable that things like this can just get published without even being challenged. Yes, political ad spend is up this year. It's a midterm election. Duh. It still doesn't mean it's all sunshine and butterflies. And this is headline number two, or as I prefer, reality. Hollywood execs brace for advertising storm clouds ahead. CEOs, CFOs, and ad sales executives ins insist that they aren't feeling any pain yet. Though as one top executive tells The Hollywood Reporter, you can't ignore the macroeconomic environment. And while executives insist that their 2022-2023 upfront negotiations are looking good with high single-digit increases year-over, a Credit Suisse conference uh, this week, and, and at a Credit Suisse conference, NBC Universal CEO Jeff Shell was thrilled with the results, and Fox CEO said that they achieved what they set out to achieve. While Paramount CEO Bob Backish was very pleased with how it went. We're not really seeing signs of it in our business yet, but in the scatter in the scatter market, we're starting to see some weakness. Shell said last year was hugely on fire in the ad market, so it's still pretty strong, but definitely weaker than last month. Advertising does have exposure for sure to the economy and to inflation, and it's a little choppy at the moment, Backish said the same day. Quick question here, and my friend Linwood Bibbins from Reach TV has been saying this for years since I met him. When are we going to start having upfronts for out of home? Backish is right. Advertising does have exposure to the economy, and the upfront format for trading inventory and securing what you want is a great way to hedge against that. Bank of America analyst Jessica Reif Elric wrote in a blunt research note, June 16th, the recent macro volatility is starting to have an impact on the advertising market. 
While companies that spend into a recession often emerge stronger, the market is tepid due to advertiser concerns over labor shortages, inflation, and supply chain issues. Already, stories are beginning to trickle out of media and tech companies slowing down their hiring or planning cuts or buyouts from Netflix and Vice to Warner Brothers, Discovery, and Spotify. Warner Brothers Discovery's U.S. ad sales chief, John Steinloff, put the ultimate question mark on the piece. What is the consumer going to look like on April 1st of 2023? It's anybody's guess. It's an eternity from now. And that's tale of two headlines. I share that antidote to emphasize the importance of reading between the lines and challenging the narrative, especially if that means challenging something you get from the tear sheet today, tomorrow, or any other day for that matter. And hey, did you know that today, June 21st, is National Arizona Day? Visits to the Grand Canyon State are hot, hot, hot. Visitation to the Arizona Museum of Natural History are up 74% compared to pre-COVID levels. There's an idea for your summer break. Visit a museum. And that was your Motion Works Marketing Minute of the Day. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and tune in tomorrow for more from the front lines.